Hi, I'm Todd again, and back again with the uh, with the episode uh, two of the 1980 Raiders and their superstar, their Super Bowl winning game in 1981. And the book is by Murray Olderman, and it's from a 1981 uh, copyright. The book is called Super, and uh, like I said before, it's like a copy. It's it's bigger than a regular book. It's it's almost the size of what what you would see on a coffee cup or a coffee table. And, uh, you know, it's from, the power of love is from that I get this from is the, uh, the power of, uh, the power of sex, money, um, food, respect. It's a lot more power than the power of sex. And, uh, you know, love to me is respect, and you know it's it's because of the uh, what what uh, what feels a, a player to want to be uh, to want to be better and want to be more. And power, you know, in, in the love love factor, you love the game. You're going to take it to that money. You're going to take it to another level, another level of start, another level of success. And um, like I was talking about before in the first one that Murray Oldman is awesome because I've read a lot of stuff. I've read I read his uh his book at Star. I believe it was from nineteen seventy eight when he first came into uh started to coach the Packers after his incredible incredible win, uh winning waves as a as a quarterback and a two time MVP champion for the Packers in the Super Bowl and uh so much stuff that goes into these. Uh, it all it all goes back to the uh, to the days in the early days of uh, when Al Davis was the owner back then. I'm sorry, Al Davis was Al Davis is the owner of this team in 1980. He he became owner, I believe, in 1970, 1965, I believe, or 64. But originally, he was with uh, he was with the Chargers. And the year was 1960 that he came out. He was a young kid, actually. And uh, 1960 was the year that the FC was, or the, yeah, the FC was born. And it was like, it was the first year. And, uh, you know, it was like one of those things where Davis just a really rough. And what, what's going on with him is that, you know, he's, his Raiders are rebels too. You know that's that's the thing that's pretty cool about it is that you know they they have the pride employees they have on their uh, have on their helmet is the uh, the uh, eye patch of the pirate and uh, you know it's it's hard not to just be like just cannot stand that shield and uh, that, you know and, and I love I was all over the Steelers so that was like. I don't like if it's uniform. I still have bad thoughts about it. But I have a lot of respect for it, too. And, uh, because I know what I went into it. Um, they had, you know, in 19, before the 80s, 1980 season, you know, they had, they had a, a guy by the name of John Madden, who was the coach of the, uh, 76 Super Bowl team. And, and uh, up until, I believe he retired in 70, 78. And, uh, 
it was a bad uh, a couple of years there in 78. I'm sorry, 77, 78, 79. For years, the Raiders did not do very well. Did not do very well as a as a franchise, as a team. You know, they're mediocre. Seven and nine, eight and eight. Um, until the uh, until nineteen eighty. And they started off in nineteen eighties. They started off really slow too. You know, they the nineteen eighty was the year of uh, like I said. Was the year they went to the Super Bowl. The season of 1980 was the year they went to the Super Bowl. And what was fun about this team was the fact how they're just like I said earlier, they they won any way possible. They're a team of renegades. And um crazy. Just the thing is was that uh, you know in, in 1980 was was the uh, the year of uh, picking up? They were picking players up that were veterans, and uh, they had been with the uh, and had been in the league for quite a few years, but they hadn't had much success. And you know when they, they picked up, uh, you know they picked up Brad Martin, like I said in the uh, beginning of the 1980 season, and. He went on to be the he went on to be the MVP of the Super Bowl and had three interceptions against the Eagles and uh, you know the the turnaround came when Kansas, they played in the Kansas City Open game and I believe it was the I believe it was the fifth game of the uh, eighty season and what happened was they had gotten Dan Pastorini in a trade. And he ended up breaking his leg. And uh, in the fifth game, he broke his leg. And they had to, uh, they had uh, Mark Wilson on the bench or Jim Plunkett. And they decided to go with a veteran, uh, Plunkett. Plunkett had been a, uh, he'd been a significant star on Stanford. You know, right where the Oilers are, or where the Raiders are. And he had been on, he won the Heisman in 60, uh, 1969 or 70, I can't remember. Anyways, he came out of that, uh, came out of that great quarterback, uh, Chris 71. Anyways, he came out of that 71 class of quarterbacks, like I said before, with uh, Archie Manning and Lynn Dickey, Dan Pastorini, um, and Punkett. And, uh, you know, it, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch his career because he was, he was so, he, he was the number one overall pick, I do believe, in 1971. And everybody was looking at him. The whole spotlight was on how this guy was going to try to turn around the New England Patriot franchise, which had uh, just drawn about two people a, a game. To their to their team and uh, the Shaper Stadium, I believe it was back then, and it was it was just not well attended, a bad stadium. But uh, they ended up rebuilding into Foxborough. They moved to Foxborough, but no, it, you know, they weren't the Patriots of today. Let me tell you that much. They won 18, 18 Super Bowls. Plus, the thing was back then, it was you know he had no offensive line. I believe they set a world, I believe they set a record for sacks. I think I said that earlier. 
But uh, what happened was that he only, he, was, he got roughed up. He, he was a shell himself by the time he went to the uh, to the Raiders because he stopped off for a really nice, uh, he stopped off for a, a get together with OJ Simpson who was on those teams too. Yeah, but we the 49ers when OJ and Plunkett and, uh, and some of the other guys from Oakland, some of the other guys from San Francisco were really good. As a matter of fact, they had, they had a guy named Cedric Cartman who went to the uh, 80 Raiders. And uh, amazing thing that happened was along the way is that Flores was the coach and he was able to, he was able to uh, mold his team into, uh, into a juggernaut. And they didn't get molded into the team of the juggernaut until like, until Plunkett started playing about the sixth game of the year. And what happened was they, uh, they were, they were the, uh, they were the team of the, uh, team of Renegades, like I said before. And, you know, there's so many veterans on this team. And it's so fun to watch the, uh, that's what I was talking about before. It's fun to watch the, the, you know, Art Shell and, uh, Gene Upshaw and we had Dave Dolby as center and um, that left side of the line was incredible. And then they had, uh, I think it was Henry Lawrence and uh, anyways, but anyways, like I said, you know, that, that offensive line was so impressive back then. And they were able to get the, uh, they were able to get a, able to get a, a, a chemistry going between that team so when they went so when they went into the uh wild card round they had uh they had the hostile to uh to get there they had won some games that weren't winnable so it gets back to the i don't know it's an old adage or an old tale or whatever that says that the team that finishes that team that finishes the uh the season wants the super bowl usually is the team that finishes it's the strongest the season and it's another way, it's another reason too that, you know, I have a thing on my mind that I don't like teams resting their players going into the, uh, going into the playoffs thinking that they're going to be, uh, usually the players are rusty and then they're prone to upset. And so anyways, like I was, I was talking earlier about the first episode about the, uh, the Oilers, uh, Raiders Oilers game and how a lesser Hayes sealed the game with an interception and, and uh, Kenny Stabler's the one who threw it. And Stabler's the one who won Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 11. And, uh, and he was, uh, he was, he was with the, uh, and Casper traded over to the, uh, Oilers. No, it was a trying about anything because they wanted to bust that door down to get to the Super Bowl and get past Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh wasn't being so kind. Um, so what happened was that, uh, you know, by uh, sheer coincidence, is bad the way I look at it, is that the uh, Raiders ended up getting rid of Casper, getting rid of uh, Stabler, and getting rid of getting, getting a whole new cast of characters in there that uh, get picked up off waivers and trades and... Uh, and I, I couldn't tell you another guy that was, that was, uh, anyways, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a team of renegades. 
You look at a guy like you look at a guy like uh, I think I was talking about earlier too, and I was Otis Sistrong, and he was out of the he was out of the College of Mars, and uh, that's what I think was Alex Karras there. Somebody said on NFL football that you know, well, there, there's a guy that's out of the uh, University of Mars, you know, because they they act like they act like he's a freaking alien, and he looks like it. Well, the thing was, was that he was a great football player and he never played college football. I remember when I was a kid, I was reading, uh, reading the rosters over and I would always come to him and I would always call it known. He was a, he went to college at known. <laughs> and none. That's the funny thing about it. You know, and, and he was, uh, the story goes that he was, he was got a trial with the Rams and he was did really well in the trials, but they didn't have any spots for him. So I think they told Al Davis, told Al Davis to take a look at him, and Al Davis is the one who put him on the roster, and I'm stuck, you know, starting and uh, playing very, you know, being one of the better, best Raiders in the uh, decade. Um, and that's the thing about the Raiders. They have so many stories to this. You know, there's there's Mike Davis in here, and he was, he was one of the original Raiders that was, uh, he only played a few short years. He was outstanding. He was a good safety, a good strong safety. And you know, and, and they play the yeah, the game after they play the Oilers. They play the Browns, the Cardiac Browns, and the Cardiac Browns were a team of um, last minute wins. And you know, and you know they were they were a good team. Well, they ended up winning some games they should have won. I remember one game in particular. I got my ADHD's taking over again, so I'm going back to a game of uh, I guess the Packers that the Browns played, and uh, I'll never forget that because I remember watching that game and thinking, yeah, the Packers they're playing at Cleveland National Stadium, and uh, the Packers were winning, I believe. I believe it was. 23 to 16 or something like that. And uh, the Browns came back and won the game. Uh, on a long pass to Dave Bogan. And it was a real upsetting game for quite a few of us that watched that game. And, um, you know, it was one of those games where you see the Packers get beat. You just box your world. And, you know, and, and what happened was Dave Bogan caught a touchdown pass. Brian Slipe and uh, I, I believe it was like 60 yards or something like that and they beat the Packers and it was like and it was like one of the games that uh, propelled the uh, Browns into this uh, matchup with the Raiders and and it was cold it was off of uh, you know the Browns games were off Lake Erie and uh you know, it was like one of those strong-winded games and and uh, a lot of winning and stuff. And I ended up 14-12 was the score of that championship game. And what happened was uh, Mike Davis was the guy that made the interception. Um, it was bad because uh, Don Cockroft had missed quite a few. Don Cockroft was a... He was a conventional kicker, one of the few conventional kickers back then. They were all going soccer style back then. And, uh, you know, he was one of the, he was, 
He's not happy. He's not a good kicker. Um, I think, you know, and, and one of the things was that the reason they uh, Cleveland fell apart against the Raiders, not, they didn't fall apart. The reason they got beat because they didn't have a kicker who could kick the field goal. The field goal. And uh, what happened was they were, they were playing in, uh, I believe it was the open end, the open end part of the stadium, too. Which they said that was really getting all the win, and Cleveland should have known that back then. Which they played there, and it was uh, came from January fourth of nineteen eighty one. And the thing was is that when they played the they played the game is when Sipe uh, was trying to hit. Uh, I believe he was trying to throw to Isaac Newsom, and the ball came up short and was picked off by Mike Davis in the end zone. He goal and he caught it up and uh, served. And ended up, uh, ended up taking care of the game, you know, and ended up uh, propelling propelling Oakland into the uh, championship game. But the thing was, was that, you know, everybody thought maybe people were hoping that Cleveland would be them. And that type of, the type of weather, too. They're thinking, you know, maybe the cardiac kids could have another to go to the Super Bowl. And uh never happened. Um, one of the better teams they had. There was a lot of talent on that team. The thing was that, you know, the thing was the two of that, you know, it's like they had Reggie Rucker, Ozzy Newsome, uh, Brian Sife, Ron Bolton, uh, guys that were just, you know, been around football for quite a few years, too. They had a lot of good veterans, Greg Pruitt, Mike Pruitt. It was a running game, and uh, Pruitt was a great player. Which one? Greg, sorry. <laughs> Greg is all Oklahoma, and he was a, uh, he was a little smaller than Mike. Mike was out of Purdue, and he was, Greg Pruitt was a good flash back. He was like Reggie Bush of the uh, 2000s, and uh, guy could, he was probably about five foot six, and he could just fly, and, uh, Quite a few of the uh, quite a few of the games where I saw uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Cleveland games back then, and you know they, they had a coach that was uh, had a good coach. Um, you know they had uh, before Schottenheimer, uh, they had uh, Sam Tigliano, and and uh, so what it came down to is it came down to this uh, this game against Oakland. And, to go to the, uh, you know, the game against, the game against Oakland, they lost 14 to 12 to the Raiders, and uh, because of Cockroft, it's this field goal. And uh, Mike Davis picking, I don't know how many, I don't know how many times, I think he missed like three field goals, three or four field goals, but uh, Cockroft. What we came down to with the Raiders was that the Raiders are just good enough to win. <laughs> There's a lot of games like that. They're just good enough to win the Raiders were. And, uh, you know, the thing I'll never forget about these, these games back then, about how, how when they were not really, they are not covered by ESPN. They were not in the, uh, they were not in the media. And slammed into the media back then like they are now. You know, it's like before it leads up to a Super Bowl now or a, or uh, a big champ or a big game in a season or a championship game in the uh, playoffs or 
And you're so sick of, you have to keep the ESPN on, by the way, to take away from the game because you want to watch the game for what the game is. You don't want to, you know, it's, it's like that's what my, that's what my uncle, that's my opinion. Otherwise, you see this stuff again and again and again. The old highlights, you know, the highlights of the season and, and every prognosticator's got their slant on it. And, you know, it, it's amazing because everybody's trying to make a buck, you know, that's what you know that. That's why, like, I listen to podcasts now besides this one because I understand that I don't want to sit there and listen to uh, listen to some guy talk about his listen to some guy talk about his uh, you know, his favorite movie or uh, because that's what they're doing in ESPN now. And you know, it's like I want to watch the sports for what it is. You know, I want to. I don't need the. Uh, I don't need. I don't need. Sports be politics because that's what it's like. You know, because everybody's got to talk to themselves about how great they are. Um, you know, but the thing was is that so I'm trying to I could get back to my get back to where I was my base. Um, but that was the thing. You know, it was a very it was a very agony. You know, it was, it was a difficult game to watch because you kind of had that feeling that the freaking Raiders gonna win in because this is what happened with the Raiders a lot back in the seventies. If they uh, get into a game, they pull a game off because, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're rough reason giving them a lot of calls, too. You know, it goes back to what I'm going to say is that I believe it was 78. They called it the uh, the fumble. They, uh, anyways, they called it the fumble, the uh, roller. Anyway, what happened was the holy roller, that's it. They went back to pass against the Chargers, and I believe it was 1978 season or 79. And they were losing by they were losing by five points, I believe. And uh Stabler got sacked at like a 15-yard line and he fumbled the ball forward. All these guys were, were kicking the ball forward and that like they could pick it up and you get to see the end zone where Casper recovered it. Dave Casper, that tight end broke. He recovered it. And it, it was such a joke back then because everybody was wanting to... the people wanted the Chargers to win because of the Raiders' success and the way the Raiders won. And that's another way they won back then. You know, they, they were... Were they cheaters? Or were they, uh, you know, that's the way... I, were they champions or cheaters? That's that's the uh, name of my uh, that's the name of that's the way I think of all when, when you look at the first part of the uh, this episode, you're gonna want to take a look at the uh, poll question and ask why the uh, poll question is that because of the way it was back then. People got tired of the Raiders crap, you know. And it all goes back to it all goes back to a lot of goes back to the Steelers too in a Raiders matchup and when they. Uh, in 19, uh, 1975, 76, and 77, when you know the Raiders had George Atkinson and they had um, Jack Tatum and they had um, Skip Thomas, Dr. Death, and they had uh, and Tatum was the big guy, but he Tatum was Dr. Tatum was the one that was uh, I'm sorry, I did drink here. Tatum was the guy that was so controversial because he laid out Daryl Stingley in that freaking uh, and paralyzed him. 
and again in 1978 preseason. And they, uh, and people, they will say, what was the raw deal? And it was. But this was, uh, you know, this, this team was, this franchise, I should say, was, was a franchise of, uh, Hoodlums. And um, that's what made it fun to watch. That's why you rooted against them because you knew that half these guys in the, in the team had been had in rest records, or if they hadn't, they should have. <laughs> but uh, well, you look at, uh, you know, it's like back then, you know, it was like in the 70s and middle 70s, early 70s. Uh, I'm sorry, middle of the late 70s was that. He had these guys that were, when you watch this Steeler game or another game, you know, Tatum would just hit you after the whistle or hit clothesline, you know, he's a thug. He was on a Paseac, New Jersey. You know, he was crying. It was big back then. And, uh, you know, he thought he was just a run of the mill. And the you know, thing, too, about that was that uh, George Atkinson would just take it. He would club you. He would... Guy would be running across the middle of the field. Did just one took his took his uh, guy and took his arm and clotheslined him and popped his helmet off and just popped his head right off. And uh, you know and they they had a lay swan. He was laid on the field with he had a concussion. Bad. And then they came back in '76, the same year. I'm sorry, the '76 the opener against the Steelers, which is probably one of the greatest games I've seen. Uh, Raiders and Steelers game 31 to 28. Of course, it went to the Raiders. But, uh, <laughs> but the thing was, is that, you know, that's stable. Or, or, sorry, Atkinson had done the same thing. It didn't close line and no got pissed and no, uh, Chuck Nolan's Steelers coach. And what happened was they sued, they sued him, anyways, for, uh, they took it to court with uh, Pete Rosell and they sued the Raiders. And uh, they sued, I'm sorry, they sued the they sued the Raiders for criminal intent. I believe it was the Raiders or Atkinson. I can't remember which, but, you know, these guys are thugs. And uh, what happened was that nothing really came out of the, uh, came out of, came out of the, uh, out of the, because reality was it was a game and they didn't think it was criminal intent and all this stuff but you know it, it ruined it. I think it ruined a few players it cut short on Fawn's career and uh, still made it the whole thing by God but uh, you know you look at you look at the, the insane period for the Raiders back then and, and the players they had you know and, and and the steroids they shot up with, and you know, all this stuff that was going on back then. You know, and it gets back to, uh, it gets back to guys that just weren't very respectable people. Um, but the fun thing, the fun was the watchers, you know, and, and I think she was, I don't want to say she was, Ted Henderson was incredible back then. I, he was, he was for the, he played for the Packers, he was rookie of the year for the Packers. And then he played for, I'm sorry, he was rookie year for the Colts, and then he played for the Packers for a year or two years, and he was all pro. And then he played, and then he went to the uh, the Raiders. 
And uh, when he got to the Raiders is when he was he started to uh, started to become a, a true beast of a of a man. And he was funny because he was he was no one knew anything. He would he would paint his he would paint his face like a clown or a couple times. I don't know one time in practice he rode in on a horse. Um, and he rolled right up to the practice field with it. It's stuff that's really funny, you know. And, and his nickname, his nickname was the Mad Stork, they thought. But the players called him kicking him, kick him, and they had Ted. And uh, <laughs> I can't go out of that one. Anyway, anyway, Stork was a, uh, I should say, Hendricks was a Hendricks went in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, he was more he's known for his for his for his story, but he was also known for his career, which. You know, he was like one of these guys that could put a lot of pressure on the faster. He could drop back in coverage. He, you know, he was six foot six, I believe, or six seven. And um, you know, like August two, it just back to is that I will be in coming with another episode three on this Raider team. And uh, there's so many stories. It's like I could probably go on for years about this team, but it's so much fun to get into. Anyways, I would highly suggest. Picked his book up called Super by Murray Olderman to read it and look at the pictures and they're incredible and how enjoyable it is. Let's take it back to this era. And uh, anyways, you're going to be able to show you lovely today. I do. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I'll pass.